Blog Talk Radio.
that strange room My roots run deep in the Georgia clay You are now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Hey, hey, welcome to Let's Chat. I'm Miss Leisha. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left. The fabulous Miss Tony. What's going on, y'all? Hey, Leisha girl, how you doing? Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday night edition of Let's Chat. Now, y'all know me and Lisa usually here on Thursday and Friday, but this week we switched up on y'all. And let me say, if y'all missed last night's show, make sure you oh check goodness. out those archives. <laughs> Lisa, you had yes, we had a Bob, a comedian, Miss Pretty Ricky was in the building. She had us mm-hmm. rolling. We had such a good time. Mm-hmm. And we also had the beautiful Black Butterfly now. She was up first, and I must say, you know, you never know what's going to come out of uh, Alicia and I's questions, but at the end of her yes. interview, yeah, man, she dropped a bomb. <laughs> okay, so for all of those that don't know, here on Let's Chat, we, we, we love to do stuff fun, right? And so really it, when your book or your music or whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, when it doesn't have legs of its own, um, your mm-hmm. personality, your your passion, your vision, that becomes the legs that carry you through and creates word mm-hmm. of mouth as people meet you, they get good vibes, good energy. And so we like to have creative juices flow. And so we do live excerpts with our guests. And so mm-hmm. let me tell y'all, yesterday, <laughs> see, Tony thinks of the props. See, I don't do that. That's all tea, right? So, yeah, when I say clutch y'all pearls, I be like, clutch y'all pearls, because I don't know what it is. Why? Because Tony had to think about it. Y'all know she a little twisted. Y'all be thinking she not. She a little twisted. She a little twisted. But she gave her them props, and she killed it, honey. I was like, uh, wait a minute. You better stop it. <laughs> But then all we got to say is make sure you check out her next book because at least I think we gave her some awesome ideas and yeah, I am sure mm-hmm. they're going to appear three. in her next book. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going <laughs> down. We are so excited because part three is going to be real nice for all of those who like Black Butterfly, a.k.a. Vivica's author, Vivica Thompson. We appreciate mm-hmm. her. Y'all, we had a good time. Make sure y'all hit our archives here on blogtalk.com as well as iTunes or actually any podcast app you can pick us up on. Y'all, we're talking that talk today about farmer's market. Okay, so you know I'm on on the branding uh, kick. You know I get my little Mm -hmm. kicks. And so I'm on the branding kick, and there's so many things that that is surrounded around your brand. Um, a few last week we talked about um, branding and your image and how you move, and we had some fabulous people come and kick in the chat room doors and spit some knowledge. We actually uh, somebody hit my inbox and was looking for a PR person, and I referred one of them uh, to uh, one of our guests that we had on to this particular author, and so. That's what we do. We are word of mouth. You know, we are readers at heart. That is what we do. That is what we love. But, you know, readers are word of mouth. And here on Let's Chat, we are word of mouth. And uh-huh. so we had a good time. So now 
tonight I say farmer's market because everybody, <clears throat> I, I really believe that um, when you're building your brand, you have to grow it. You have to build it, and, and, and in the midst of building your brand, you're really an investor or a farmer at that point in time because you're really just planting seeds. You're planting seeds that are going to um, have a crop. You know, they're going to grow, but you've got to plant them, you've got to water them, you've got you to gotta give them a little love. And I think that a lot of people forget that part. They think mm-hmm. that... You're supposed to just mm, overnight, boom, that's what it is. And you've got to plant seeds, but you've got to plant the right seeds. You know, you've uh-huh. got to plant the right seeds. Last night we talked about watching your surroundings. You know, when you're branding, when you're moving around, when you're planting your seeds, you've got to be careful who you have around, your crops, your dreams, uh-huh. and your visions. And so tonight uh-huh. I'm saying farmer's market because everybody in every industry that is moving around is a farmer. You're always planting seeds. I always say interaction is key when you're branding as well as networking, making sure you're uh-huh. networking with people. And so I have networked with this fabulous lady, Miss K.L. Hall, y'all. She is everything. Her personality uh-huh. is the same. She is everything. And so... Uh, we have her on the show tonight, um, as well as Kimberla, Kimberla Lawson Roby. Everybody knows who she is, New York Times bestselling uh-huh. author. She has her new book, Better Late Than Never, which is coming out on the 31st. And T and uh-huh. I actually got advanced copies of the book. So uh-huh. I'm excited to talk about her because I did a vision board. I was telling T about this yesterday. I did a vision board earlier in the year. Um, and she's on my vision board because she's on my bucket list of people to interview. And I did the vision board, like, I want to say in February, and here it is, um, July, and boom, she's on the show. And Uh and then we have the fabulous India T. Norfleet. I actually met her um, at a book event, I want to say in Detroit. Uh That's where she's from. Yeah, I I want to say uh-huh. I want to say that's where I met her, but I want to say I I met her before that. I don't know if it uh-huh. was at Hood Books. It might have been at Hood something at Hood Books. I don't know, but I know I met her before that. I just can't put my finger on it. But we have her uh-huh. in here tonight. She's gonna kick in the chat room door. So I'm excited. We're talking about farming, honey. Farmers market, building and planting seeds and making sure you watering it and helping it grow. Now, if y'all enjoyed that song that we played, that is the fabulous Xavier Lewis, um, and he is friend to the show. We just had him on our show a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to have him on uh, in a few months. He's going to do a live listening party for his uh, album release or his CD release with us, so I'm excited. But he has Uh been nominated in um, the hottest R&B male for the Atlanta hottest, um, I think it's just Atlanta R&B male. No, I mm-hmm. think it's just Atlanta hottest, and he's nominated for R&B male. And so we are for okay. 2018. So we're encouraging people to go out and vote. Um, the website is www. H T. I'm sorry, A T L. H O T T E S T dot com and that's www dot com. 
Xavier Lewis, as well as Kenyatta York, fabulous author who was just on our show. She has been nominated as well. Y'all get on there and vote, vote, vote. We appreciate them. They always support us. So here on Let's Chat, we always want to support them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for those new people in our listening audience, we so thank you for choosing to spend your time with us this evening. As you guys can see, Leisha and I, we just get right back into it, right back in the show. Like we don't have new faces and new ears <laughs> listening to our show. For those that are new, we just like to let you guys know what we do here on this chat. And we love celebrating literature. But as you guys can tell, we don't only celebrate literature, we celebrate all areas, arts of life you know, no matter what it may be. And our show allows our listeners, as well as our guests, to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We get to hear the passion behind what it is they do and uh, just get to know them overall because uh, it's different from uh, seeing someone online, on social media, and actually interacting with them on a live interview. So we encourage you, if you have any questions, just press your one. We'll bring you into the chat room. But sit back and get to know these three lovely ladies tonight. We have Kimberly Lawson-Roby, India Northley, and the beautiful Miss K.L. Hall. So sit back if you want some pins and paper to take some notes. We always encourage that because this is in addition to having fun. This is a learning show, and Leisha and I, we love that our guests share their talent with us, and then we in turn share it with you guys. So welcome to Let's Chat. We're going to have another fabulous show this evening, so we hope you guys are as excited as we are. Absolutely. And I just want to drop a little something on Kimbella, um, Kimberla Lawson-Roby. Y'all, she started out as an independent um, publisher, so she was independent mm-hmm. um, when she started out. And I just want to encourage everybody who is independent and who, is, who decides to put their books out on their own, I just want to encourage y'all to keep going. Keep going. Mm. Victoria Christopher Mm -hmm. Murray, she was independent when she first came out. Congrats. I just want to say, stop for a minute. Congrats to Victoria Christopher Murray, y'all. Her her, um, book has been picked up for movies. It's going to be produced by T.D. Jakes, and it's going to be on Lifetime. Um, Check out my page on Facebook. I did... um, Share her live She went live and, and talked about the the release But I'm excited for her Because it's her Seven Deadly Sins novel I remember when she was talking about uh, writing it Remember we were in class And she was talking about why she was writing uh-huh. the book So uh-huh. I'm excited for her But yes, Victoria Christopher Murray When she started out, she was independent So I just want to encourage All of those people that are independent um, Publishers and authors Keep going it, it In the beginning of every career, you are your own investor. If you don't invest in yourself, nobody else is. But you are your own investor. And so in the beginning, you're investing, and it may feel like you're spending more than what you're bringing in. And you really are, but that's part of planting those seeds and, and helping them grow and making sure you're watering them. But just know that you will profit. You just got to be consistent and keep going and stay encouraged. Absolutely, and just be mindful of those around you that don't try to hold you back from fulfilling your dream. Absolutely. Now we have our first fabulous guest. She is fun-sized like I. That means we're short, but it's good because her energy is 
everything. We have the fabulous KL Hall. Hey. Hi. Hey, Kale. Can you Thanks for joining us. Hi, ladies. <laughs> How are you? Good. Yeah, good. Good. It was so good to see you at the kickback. I know. I was really happy you guys got to stop by my table. <laughs> we tried to stop by everybody's table, but you know there was so many there. It was the energy yes. was phenomenal? It, it was, was a great time. It was amazing. A great time in literature. Absolutely. And now for all of those that are not familiar with your pen and your literary journey, tell everybody just a little bit about your literary journey and your work. Okay. Um, So my name is K.L. Hall. Um, I've been publishing. This is my fifth year as a published author. Um. About a week or so now, I think I celebrated um, the fifth birthday of my very first book that came out. So um, to go from one book five years ago to releasing my 22nd book yesterday Uh um, is just a testimony within itself. Um, I write urban fiction, women's fiction. Um, I just recently tried my hand at children's books, so I'm really excited about that. Um, and, yeah, I'm currently signed to um, Royalty Publishing House for my um, urban fiction novels that are coming out. Now, Royalty Publisher, oh. that's that's um, um, Portia. Is that yeah. Portia? Portia Sterling, yeah. we love her. I do, too. <laughs> you know Portia <laughs> Sterling, right, T? That's uh, Leo Sullivan's yeah. wife. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, she did. <laughs> So tell us, okay, so I want to go back. I want to go back five years, all right, because oh, yeah. five years you, you started off with your first book, and here it is five years later, and you do, you're making the do what it do. Let's go back five years. What was going on in your world that made you sit down and say, okay, I'm about to try this? So I have always been a writer. I think writing has always been in my life. If you ask my mom, she will tell you that I picked up a pen when I was 18 months old, and that was kind of all she wrote. So um, mm-hmm. even when I was a kid, I was writing stories and things like that. I just really did not start to take it seriously because when you think about writing a book or and at least writing a book and actually publishing it, you think, like, where do I even begin? This is going to be super hard. Um, who am I, like, do I have to, like, send it to all these different publishers, you know? So I ended up um, having a conversation with an older cousin of mine who had actually been self-publishing um, on Amazon already, and he was like, it's really not as hard as you're making it seem. You write the book, make sure it's good, you know, you can find somebody to make your cover, you can make it yourself, you know, and you literally go on Amazon and you do it all yourself. And I was like, what? Mm. I'm about to do this. So literally it was 2013 <laughs> in the summertime. I had a limited amount of money. Like I don't even know, like I it was, I had no money. Let me just say that. Um, so I was tubing, getting um, Adobe Photoshop free trials and trying to get free stock photos and <laughs> as much as I could. Um, balling on a budget, you know what I'm saying, um, mm-hmm. and my, and you know, I actually had the first book come out 
um, you know, I chose the pen name Kale Hall just because the first book I did put out was um, An Erotica. So mm-hmm. I was really shy about it. Um, and, I mean, now people, like, can't get enough of it and they love it. So it's great now. But starting out then, I was really shy about it. I did not tell anyone. I wasn't, you know, really putting it out there. I might have told my closest friends when it went live because, honestly, I didn't know anything about book publishing. I really thought that I was going to put it out there and become a bestseller overnight. I just thought people were going to see it, and mm-hmm. I was going to wake up right. and be a millionaire, and that was not the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, but fast forward to later that fall, I was actually at work, and um, a lady came in, and she was saying how she was a publisher, and she was like, oh, do you know anybody who – is trying to be published. I was like, girl, me? <laughs> so, you know, I, I told her um, the names of, you know, the short story and everything that I had out. She was like, I'm going to check it out. Um, you know, I added her on Facebook and everything, and she hit me up later that night, and she was like, I want to sign you. And um, her name was Fanita Pendleton. Fanita, well, she everybody calls her Moon. Um Back then, she had the Black Diamond Publications. That was her um, publishing company. And it was, like, one of the subsets of, like, David Weaver back in the day. Mm-hmm. And um, so I actually signed my first three-book deal with them. And Diary of a Hood Princess, which was my first real novel, came out in December of 2013. Mm. Wow. wow. So, so it was it was a totally grown. Um, I will say that I I really enjoy telling stories, so I try to kind of think out of the box. I've noticed now. Um, I try to ask myself more questions. So, um, if I write a series, I I try to cover all my bases, and I don't think at first I was really doing that. I don't think that. I could still tell a good story, but I don't believe that my pen game was as strong as it is now as far as because I've learned to get help. I've learned to read more and find resources for authors that can help me, you know, continue to build my craft. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mm-hmm. have that going on back then. So I'm, I'm really thankful mm-hmm. that, you know, I've kind of been able to, to read and grow. Like I have so many of these author self-help type of books, you know, like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, K.L., this is Tony, and once again, thanks so much for joining us. But you say on your first book you was balling on a budget, <laughs> and I like that yes. phrase. Now, have you ever felt the need to go back and touch that first book up? Oh, I did. I did. You last did. Year. Okay. Last awesome. year. Um, I would say 2017 was an amazing year for me as far as book-wise. Um, mm-hmm. I got my first number one best-selling series, so I was super excited about that. So then, you know, when the money starts coming in, you're like, okay, well, I, I'm not broke no more. Let me see if I can figure something out. <laughs> so uh-huh. I um, actually did revisit that um, old cover and everything and, mm-hmm. you know, revamped it and all of that, kind of put it back out there. So a lot of people were thinking it was new. Because if you didn't mm. read it five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, and seeing it now, people are like, what? You know, what is this? So mm-hmm. it just kind of created more buzz. And actually, because this was my 
um, fifth year of it being out, and it was a short story, so people had always asked me for more. I actually, um, in January, I was like, I'm going to do something for my email subscribers and my readers and things like that, just in between, you know, me putting out books that they have something to always read for me. So I was actually giving them um, a free short story every month on my blog. Mm. And probably Mm. um, uh, April or May, I was like, you know what, like, let me just stretch out the short story. People keep asking for more. Let me give them what they're asking for. So I actually mm-hmm. came out with by curious two, three, and four. Um, so everybody can read them for free on my blog or on the lit um e reader app for free. Mm. Okay, look at you. <laughs> yeah. Now you got this this new this uh you got book two of a Ruth of Love story. I wanna talk about this cover here. Because you know, we book okay. Gucci here on Let's Chat. And, and you know we cover size. And I love a cover that is, it don't have too much going on, but the pop of pink that you put in there really set it off. Tell me about the concept behind your cover. So I wish that I could take credit for the cover. Um, Portia has a really great designer who literally uses his brain to, to make covers. I have no say. So, I mean, I think that if I was like, hey, I want this, this, and this on there, I, I'm pretty sure that he would listen to me, but I did not ask for anything specific for this cover. Um, mm-hmm. And the the proof was sent to me. I was like, oh, this is, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, check, approved. Can I get this <laughs> I want it. So um, I, because I'm a visual person, I absolutely love good book covers. Mm-hmm. Like, I will buy a book for the cover and you hope did. and pray mm-hmm. that it's good. Oh, you're coming yes. too. Welcome to the club. Yes, I. <laughs> you, you know what? A cover is part. I say your cover is part of your eye candy. See, you know how women we love eye candy. Women are what ninety eight percent or ninety five percent of the readers out here. But women love eye candy. Your cover mm-hmm. is eye candy. <laughs> your title is eye candy. Even the way you yes. you have your yes. name on the front of that book, that is eye candy. And I'm going to ask yes. your personality to that. That's part of the eye candy. That's a whole package right there. And so yes. we as cover bougie because if the cover is too busy, I like clean, crisp covers. But if it's too busy <laughs> and your, ti- your title is crazy, I'm not going to pick it up. I'm sorry. I'm with you. <laughs> completely understand I know and I know that you know lately especially in the urban world a lot of people have it's very 50-50 because with with titles either people love them or hate them if they all start to somewhat sound the same or have the same word or have the same phrase um but every book is different no matter the title but it definitely to me really like when I see a good cover I'm like ooh, like now I want to know what it's about mm-hmm Exactly, and that's and I so I so agree uh, because that's the first thing that you know that you notice. Like like I live in New York here, or sometimes you walk down Fifth Avenue, you pass in Barnes and Noble, even if you have no intentions of going in. If you see a cover that catches your eye, you're gonna detour right in there and go right to that table. But I also want to yeah. uh, just go go back on something that you said um, as far as going back into your library. We 
think it's so important here on Let's Chat for an author to keep their library fresh because each reader is not always the same reader. You may have someone that has never picked up your book, so even though it was written five years ago, that would be the first time they're reading it. So it is so important, and I'm so glad you said that, to keep your library fresh because you never know who yes. may visit just everything that you have ever written. Yes, I definitely agree. Um and it was crazy how, how the, the cover came about because I was scrolling on Instagram one day and I follow, a, you know, a few different designers and this is, it was actually a pre-made cover. And I was like, wow, because I, I, I wasn't even thinking about redoing the cover at the time. But when I saw it, mm-hmm. I said, this is the cover. And mm. I that man up so fast. And he said, yeah, you know, he put everything on there like I wanted. I made a couple changes, and I got it. And I did not announce it until – because, you know, once you have to, like, redo your cover and stuff on Amazon, it takes a few days for it to actually show up. So um, I waited a few days and everything for it to show up. And then once it was up and out on Amazon, I went full speed ahead like it was a brand-new book. Mm. And people were like, And you have to approach it. Yeah, and and it's like a new baby being reborn. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. But this is still Tony K. I want to ask you, you say you've been five years published, and in those five years you have 22 books. How do you keep your books fresh and different? I mean, what's the key to that for you? I don't know. I will say that I pull my inspiration from anywhere. So mm-hmm. I could be watching a movie, I could be listening to a song, I could be, you know, listening to conversations that happen with people in real life. And, you know, it really just depends. And then a lot of the ideas, they don't come together all at once. So mm-hmm. I'll get an idea for a character, and I'll put it in my note section in my phone, you know, and kind of wait it out. And then mm-hmm. I'll think a little bit more, get a little bit more, and it's to the point where it actually becomes something you know, really full. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. boom, now you're going to do with this. And then mm-hmm. it usually becomes a book. Mm-hmm. Just add a few more ingredients and voila. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and now this is still Tony. Um, we try to remember to introduce ourselves because we've been told we sound so much alike on the show. But um, <laughs> within those five years, you've had erotica, you've had urban, and now you've had a children's book. How has your approach to the children's book been different, or is it different from your other works? It is definitely different. Um, Doing a children's book was something that has just always been on my bucket list. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very, you know, I've I've done urban, I've conquered urban, but I feel like as a writer, there may not be genres that, I read, but I feel like I should be able to write anything that's on my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to always be in a box. So the only thing that I did do different with this was to change my name. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to be sure that K.L. Hall, when you go to that, you know what you're going to get versus, yes, K.L. Hall, the person, did write this book, but I did choose um, my actual name. So I did Kimberly M. Mm-hmm. for Mm-hmm. Um, this book. So, and I did not link the children's book to my Amazon Kate Hall page. Oh, so. okay. So you want to keep it separate, and that's you know to appeal to the different audiences. Yes, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I love that. You know, a lot of my readers are very supportive. So a lot of them have kids or 
you know, nieces, grandchildren, whatever. So they don't see it as an issue. You know what I'm saying? They say, mm-hmm. I got something for me, I got something for my baby, you know. But mm-hmm. um, for the people who don't know um, K.L. Hall and, and who have not been following me, I did not want to contaminate the waters. <laughs> I understand. Um, That's true support, though, when you have both of your audiences, you know, supporting each piece of work. But you mentioned yes. um, your bucket list, K.L. What else do you have on your bucket list that you want to um, accomplish? Um, so I do want to try um, an interracial romance book. Oh. I do want to try. Um, That's a good one. I want to try a paranormal romance book. I'm excited about that. Have not figured it all out yet, but I like Twilight. A nice little like twist. <laughs> yeah, like let me just put some vampires and something. Like, you know. Mm, so, um, have a those vampire romance. <laughs> yeah, something, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely, um, into that, I definitely want to do more children's books. Um, with the children's book that I did do, it was catered to little um, little girls. So mm-hmm. um, it was either like, oh, yeah, I know somebody, or girl, I got all boys. When are you going to put something out for boys, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, definitely working on something, um, you know, for both girls and boys next. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that as well. But Cam, this is Tony. You know what just went through my head when you said that? I was when you said vampires, a vampire urban lit book. Girl, I don't know why that <laughs> popped in my head. I'm telling you, like, and it's been done. Like, I know, um, what is it? D. What is it? Oh, I don't want to get the name wrong. Is it D City Chronicles or something like that? Her name is Anita Jackson, and really? she's amazing. And I mean, every time the book came out, it went to number one. Like. And that was some black people vampire stuff. Well, and I got to check her out. Anita Jackson, that just hit yeah. my head when you said vampire. <laughs> yeah, like, so as I'm saying, it's being done. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not, like, mm. recreating the wheel. I, I just want to try my hand in it, see how I go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. You never know. You know, it's just, just, just like sliced bread. You go down the whole grocery store, you see a ton of different packs of bread. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, um, what is it about being an author that brings you the most joy? Um, I would say, honestly, going out in the public and meeting people. Mm-hmm. Um, you you really never know how much support that you have until you're face-to-face with people. Going down to Atlanta, there were so many people who knew me Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, hey, like, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you're friends with these people on Facebook and you tell them congratulations for their baby's birthday and you tell them congratulations on their anniversary. You tell them happy birthday and everything like that. But seeing them in person, having them recognize you and come up to you and be like, oh, girl, I saw your book. I'm here to buy it. Here we go. <laughs> like that to me mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, and then ha- like my parents were there. So having them go around, um, and people telling my mom, like, oh, your daughter is the reason why I kept writing. Like, Aww. that to me is, like, amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I don't, mm-hmm. like me, like, I'm humble, I'm very chill. Like, I don't think I have that much of an impact, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to hear that um, from other people, it really, really does mean a lot. So it mm-hmm. makes me feel like I'm, like, I'm something. So. 
I know what you mean because with Leisha and I, you know, people were coming up. You guys are some of the ladies on this chat, so you don't realize the impact that you have exactly. until you're in the masses, and that's a wonderful thing. That just shows people are paying attention to what people are doing, and sometimes you may not even know it. Exactly. It's, mm-hmm. it's always it's definitely my favorite part. That's it really so is. And you know, mm-hmm. it and you you say, you know, who little on me, but you have to understand like when you you never know who you are touching every day. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. always say that we're all here to be a blessing to somebody. And mm-hmm. yes. the fact of that you enjoy what you do and it's yeah. always somebody that is looking at you like, dang, I'm trying to do this now. But you're saying, I started off like that. This is how I started, by myself. And it was, it was, yeah. I was balling on the budget. And see, this is the thing about mm-hmm. the hustle and grind. Mm-hmm. I posted about this the other day. See, this is the thing about the hustle and grind. The hustle and grind, that's the main part of the farmer's market. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. planting seeds. When you're hustling and you're grinding, you're planting seeds, you're watering them. So you're investing. You're, you're investing in your brand. You're investing in yourself. You're writing. You're creating. And this is the thing, though, honey. Sleep and time get real shady when you're hustling and grinding and trying to put it together. And so when people see you, it's like, oh, my God, I ain't had no sleep. But she make it seem like it's so easy. And they start to appreciate the process more. Because of yeah. you know the energy that you bring. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now I, I have a question for agree. you. You mentioned that you was falling on the budget in the beginning, but I want to know mm-hmm. what was the uh, what's what's the most challenging part uh, for you when it comes down to writing. Um, time management. So I know there are a lot of people who have taken that leap and said, I'm just going to write full-time. I'm not going to do anything else Um, versus me. I do have a full-time job. I do have a part-time job, and I do write. Um, Mm. So, yeah. Um, you oh, got no. a full plate. Wait a minute. You, you have to go back. You can't just got skip a over that. Plate, girl. You got a full-time <laughs> job and a part-time job, child. What do you do? And you write. See, writing is, when you got to write, that's a lot That's a lot of energy and time. And you working? Yes, it is. <laughs> and um, you and, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, you know what's crazy? I, I don't really know how, um, how it all comes together. Like, I I don't know if I'm writing in my sleep sometimes. I don't know how it comes together, but it um <laughs> it does in the end. Like, I think there's a lot of weekends. There's a lot of, you know, after work, like, let me just try to write for an hour and things like that. Like, I've tried different things. So, like, let me set a, a daily alarm to write a 1,000 words a day and if I'm coming mm-hmm. home from work and it's five some o'clock and I don't feel like it, then I don't because I've learned that forcing it doesn't make it go any faster. Mm-hmm. Um, anything so is worse. It, yeah, so if it if it takes me a little longer to get a book out, it's because I'm not forcing it. Like it needs to come as naturally as possible. Like granted, like mm-hmm. I'm one of those people who I'll write something. And halfway through, like, if I lose my kind of mojo for it, I'll stop. Mm-hmm. And I'll either try to write something else or I'll go all the way back to the beginning 
and read from the beginning all the way to where I stopped at to get back in the groove. So, yeah, this this book stuff, it takes me a long time sometimes. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> So that brings me to my next question. So when you when you're writing and you and you have your creative process, um, and you have to actually sit down and write the book, how how long how how many words go into putting your books together? What's the word count for that? Um, so I think it depends. Like if I'm going to do a standalone versus if I'm going to do a series, um, our minimum for royalty I think is like forty five thousand. Like for like I guess your first book, and then you should definitely try to go up from there but I really think it just kind of depends um I've done anywhere from 45 on to you know close to 80 so wow in that yeah see that's a lot of writing see that when, yeah. when I say that because I understand the process that's a lot of writing and to have to work and you have a family and you work two jobs I, I know you say you don't know how you do it, but I'm about to ask you how you balance. How do you balance? Yeah, because you only get 24 um, hours in the day. You, you, yeah, and it's the same 24 hours as everybody else, and it doesn't feel like that sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, did I get shorted today? Like, what is going on? <laughs> um, I think that some, I'll say, some days are better than others. Some weeks are better than others. Um, and then I have those talks with myself, like, girl, like, the people are waiting. What are you doing? Like, you know, I have to have those conversations where even sometimes if I'm not 100% into it, I'm like, okay, well, try. And then if you can't get into it within 30 minutes to an hour, all right, then let it go. We'll try again tomorrow. Um, but it's really, I had to teach myself, which was teaching myself this, this year, that Rome was not built in a day. So if I make a to-do list and I have ten things on it and I get five things done, you need to be happy with the five things that you got done because mm-hmm. it didn't have to be that, that, you know. So that's just kind of how I look at it, whereas I know there are things that I need to do. I keep them on the forefront, but they always don't get done <laughs> every day. So. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say you inspired me, to get burnt honey. out. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to say you inspire me because I do so much. I have three unfinished books sitting on my desk, Uh, three. Mm -hmm. That's one, two, three, and they all are partially done. But I get so Mm -hmm. busy doing so so many other things that I haven't been able to sit down. And and one is due, I put a a time frame on myself. Um, Well, Victoria started the time frame. Well, Tony started the time frame. Victoria backed it up, and then I put one on myself to have one of them uh, out by the end of the year, top of the next year. And <clears throat> that balancing and being able to to focus because I I do a lot. So I want to say thank you because you just inspired me. Do a little bit every day, and if I can't get into it thirty minutes to an hour, then hey. We try again tomorrow. I love that concept. Exactly. It, yeah, you. I mean, you really have to just. It's really about being honest with yourself, um, and uh-huh. you cannot compare yourself to other people. Like there are a whole bunch of other authors out there that write ten times faster than I do, and then there are people uh-huh. who look at me like, "How do you write that fast?" I'm like, "Girl, what? Do you see these other people ahead of me?" <laughs> like, what? So it's really about finding what works for you. You can't compare yourself 
to to other people and what they're doing. You, you just you mm-hmm. can't. And that keeps you sane and able to go to the next day. Yeah, now, and you know, then like it's it like, you know. We appreciate the we appreciate the process. We do, and so when we yeah. have people like you that come on, we like to tell people get your pencils and pens because you're still dropping jewels. And that's my question: if you could drop uh, three jewels on an an author or somebody that's aspiring to be an author, what would it be? Um. Okay. Let me think. Okay. One, I would say. Um, always continue to perfect your craft because um, me and I I feel like a bunch of other people probably don't like to hear the word no. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're out here writing and you're like, this is good because I might be the best writer out of my group of friends, so I must be the best, right? Um, But then when somebody else reads it and they're like, "Um, no, your character development sucks, you misspelled that, like, you know, something like that, don't Mm -hmm. don't take that to offense and be like, okay, look, I need to read more to learn more Mm -hmm. Um, and and take all of that. Um, Also, in this industry, I will say thick skin um, just because everybody is not nice. And, I mean, I think that's anywhere, but especially – you know, being an artist and, and taking the time, blood, sweat, and tears to put out a book and be brave enough to do it because a lot of people don't do it, you know. There are hundreds of thousands of millions of authors out here, but we're still a very small percentage of all of the other jobs and things that you could have out here. So for the mm-hmm. people who, you know, do take that leap and decide to um, publish their book to the world, that's, you know, you're opening yourself up for criticism. So a lot of it is having thick skin because there are a lot of people who will say, oh, my God, it's an amazing book, and then somebody will read the same book and be like, this was trash, you know. And if you, like, to me, I try to take them, like, those bad reviews with a grain of salt because if you're saying I didn't like it because the character development was this or something, 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 something that I can use, then yes, thank you for that because I'm going to take that into account before I put out this next book. But if you're saying I didn't like it because I ain't like the name of the character and this, this, and that, then okay, girl, well, then don't. That's fine. I can't do nothing <laughs> about that. So, <laughs> you know, like you, love it. you can't please everybody. Mm, um, so, yeah, it, you you just can't. And you will drive yourself crazy trying to to do that. Like, um me being being the the author, I am in the driver's seat. So, you know, respect that. <laughs> One absolutely. And I will always take um take constructive criticism into into account. I will never not you know, not take that into account because I think that is important. I love reading reviews. Um but you do have to have thick skin. Mm-hmm. Um and then one more. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Uh, one more. Um, I would probably say do your research. Um, when you are new and you just kind of want to jump in, you, you might not know things like me. I didn't know nothing. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So I think really trying to figure out where you want to go, like maybe, you know, even making a roadmap for yourself, writing out some specific goals, figure out, 
with this book that you're going to put out? Do you want to self-publish? Do you want to find a publisher? If you do, who who publishing house or publishing company do you feel like you would fit best under? Don't just pick somebody who you think they always got number ones and it's always great because that might be great for them, but it might not be a good fit for you. So absolutely, all of that, that is, is something. Because that's a lot of times, you know, you know, publishers don't vet authors. I think vetting is very important, and authors have to vet publishing companies. Just because they're a yes. publisher and you incur, you want to be published so bad, I get so many people that come to me and they say, you know, I, I need a publisher. Do you know of anybody? And I'd be like, why don't you publish it yourself? And they look mm-hmm. at me like myself. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with self-publishing. But this is my thing. When you go looking for stuff, people have empty hands, and they expect your hands to be open. But when they come looking mm-hmm. for you, they have something in their hand when they come looking for you. And so, and, right. and I believe that in this industry, you have so many authors that have been the example of self-publishers. From self-publishers, they were picked up. So mm-hmm. I feel like go for it yourself. Invest in yourself first, really, because that's what publishers look for. They need somebody that know how to grind, move, that's mm-hmm. really willing to do the work. And so you got to invest in yourself because if you don't, nobody yes. else is, and you can't expect somebody else to. So I'm so glad that you yes. said that. Now, here on Let's Child, we like to do something fun, child. And I know we 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 short for time, but I know T always got something fun. I'm gonna say clutch your pearls. Um, okay. It's gonna be all right, but I'm excited because I don't know what she gonna ask you. Continue, oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Well, KL, thank you so much for joining me and Lisa tonight here on Let's Chat because as you have shared with us, you have such a busy schedule. So you carving out some time for us, we truly appreciate it. Now, here on Let's Chat, as Lisa say, we love hearing our guests, creative juices, instantly flow. And by that, I mean, I mean I'm going to give you three props, and we want you to give us a, a live expert. And I'm going to take some characters from I'm going to say two Saturday props. Two props, because we two run props? Ahead. Okay. Two props. Okay. I want to take two characters from um, Built for a Savage, because uh, one of your characters is a savage himself. I want you to use an ice cube and a blindfold and just give us a little mini excerpt. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Built for a Savage. So that was to the In the Arms of a Savage series. So that went off of Blaze and Camille. Camille. And yes, yeah, so if you read about their experience in, in the Arms of a Savage, you already know that they are a little on the freaky side. Mm-hmm. So let me see. I got Blaze and I got Camille and I got a blindfold and an ice cube. Yep. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we ready. Let's go. Mm. Mm. Okay, how what much time got? do what I got? How much time? You got okay, five so what am I supposed to do? Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. So let me. <laughs> okay. Am I supposed to like, just like create a, I'm creating a scene. Right You're creating a live excerpt. Okay. I wish y'all supposed to give me some, some pre-time um, to think this is really. Okay. Let's see. Um, it was, okay, so am I speaking from, I'm going to speak from um, Camille's point of view. Is that all right? 
That's how you want to do it. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, take it from not inside the book, but after the book. So, in the book, they got married. Yay! Um, so, I'm gonna start from there. So, it was the first night of our honeymoon in Barbados. Blaze and I were so in love, and it was the most amazing feeling that I've ever felt in my life just because I never thought that either of us would see this day come to fruition. I walked into the bedroom and there were red rose petals all over the bed and Blaze was sitting on the edge of the bed with his arms wide open. Come here, Camille, he said. I walked over to him and fell into his arms as he kissed my forehead. I sat on the edge of the bed with him, and we just stared into each other's eyes. He said, I love you so much, and I'm really glad that we made it to this point. And now that you are my wife, I want to show you what it's like to be Mrs. Blaze Calloway. Go on and lay down on the bed, and I'll grab this blindfold right here and put it on. I'm going to be back in five minutes. So I did what he said, because he was my man. I wrapped the blindfold around my eyes, laid flat on my back on the bed, and waited. So he starts playing some slow music. I feel the body heat from him coming a little closer to me. The next thing I feel is his lips on my neck, kissing all my sweet spots, going down my body. Feel the warmth of his kisses all the way down to my navel. Slowly spreads my legs open. Then I hear a little rumbling in the corner. Trying to turn my head, he tells me to calm down. Just lay still. Comes back, I feel the soft kisses of his lips right on my sweet spot. Then I feel some coolness. I squirm. Ooh, babe, what is that? Don't worry about it. Just lay down and enjoy it. I'm laying there, doing his thing, getting his eat on down. And then I take the blindfold off my eyes, look down. My man got some ice cubes eating on my pussy. readers at heart and we feel like if you're going to let it be nasty, let it be nasty. If not, I'm going to need you to send them to Starbucks and some coffee. We love it. We love it. We love it. We, awesome. <laughs> that was good. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. You know that you are welcome back any time, anytime, anytime. We want you to shout out all of your social media and any upcoming events that you have. Okay. Um, let me think. Okay. So um, Facebook, it's going to be facebook.com slash author KL Hall. Twitter and Instagram are both um, author KL Hall, no docs, no spaces, or anything like that. Upcoming events, August 3rd, so next Friday, I will be in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, the following Saturday after that, August 11th, I will be at a book signing in Winchester, Virginia. And then September 20th. Third or fourth, I can't remember. It's like the last Sunday in the month. I will be in Chicago for the Urban Book um, Bash that um, Jessica Watkins um, puts on. 
I love it. I think that, well, make sure you drop yeah. your flyers. Make sure you tag me so I can share. We appreciate yeah, you. And thank you for coming thank to kick it with us this so evening. Much. Thank you. You guys have an amazing rest of your show. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Have a good night. Thank you, lady. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was awesome, Lee. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. You know, as readers, we like that eye candy from authors. We like to experience their pen and their passion. That's why we do what we do here on Let's Chat, and I love it. Welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Lee. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left. The fabulous Miss Tony. We are talking that talk about farmers market. Everybody who who listens to our show should know uh, by now that I'm on a branding kick. And uh, we had a show last week about branding. Three fabulous guests on last week, and then this week uh, we're talking about branding as well. But we're talking about the seeds we plant. That's why it's called Farmers Market. And so our next fabulous guest is New York Times bestselling author Kimberla Lawson Roby. Welcome. Hey, how are you, ladies? We are good. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And so I don't want to say to tell everybody your literary journey because I believe that everybody knows who him, who Kimberla Lawson Roby <laughs> is. <funny>. I do <laughs> know that. But I do want to ask because you started off self-publishing. Mm-hmm. And I want you to talk a little bit about that process and why you chose to self-publish opposed to uh, going directly to a publisher. Okay. So, you know, I'm taking you way back. I'm uh, certainly – You know, this always tells my age when I actually wrote the first book, Behind Closed Doors, in 95 and started my company and self-published it in 96. So we're talking as of last month, 22 years ago. And so it wasn't my desire to self-publish. I have to admit I started out writing. I was still working full-time as a financial analyst for city government and was writing every evening, every weekend, every holiday, did that for the majority of the year, about seven months, and started seeking out literary agents. I started sending query letters, and I was rejected by every single one of them and thought, well, I don't really have anything to lose. I know that the major publishing houses, the editors there, want you to have an agent, but when I couldn't find one, I thought, well, I'm going to take my chances. But same thing happened. I was rejected by every single one of those companies. And so I really had made up the mind, up my mind to just end it, to move on, to do something totally different. And my mom just didn't want to see me give up. So she kept encouraging me and saying, you know, I think you should keep moving forward. And finally it was my husband who said, why can't you start your own company and publish the book yourself? So that's how all of that came about. I never planned on it, never really wanted to, but I studied every book that I could on self-publishing so that if we were going to do it and spend the amount of money I realized we were going to have to spend, I knew that the book had to be as professional as the books that are being published by the New York industry and actually read you know, those exact sentences in a couple of the self-publishing manuals that were out there at that time. Yeah. What a journey. Yes. Well, I'm glad it's you a- didn't give up. Well, thank you. Thank you. I think about that a lot now. Yes, I'm thanking him all the time because he literally believed in me and my work more than I did. I I just couldn't see it. I couldn't see investing thousands of dollars for what if, you know, 
but I'm so <laughs> glad that he encouraged me to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now you got 20, oh, yeah, 20 years and mm-hmm. 26 books. I want to mm-hmm. know, how has your pen grown? Ooh, I think that it has grown a lot, of course, in terms of the craft of writing. I've learned a lot over the years. And you know what I would say to any of your authors that are listening, writers who maybe they're just in the process, maybe they finished their first book and now they're about to move on to try to get published, I would say learn everything that you can. Learn the craft of writing. I'm not saying to become so structured that you're not writing in your own voice, but just the technique part of it. And so I would do that probably a little bit differently. And I've had great editors. I've been at three publishing houses, actually four, because I was with an independent company as well. And I had great editors across the board that taught me a lot. And so that has been the difference. And then I just think my idea of, what I'm going to write and what I feel comfortable write, writing and what really represents me and instead of just writing saying, okay, I think this is probably what readers want to see or I think this really might fit this character, so I'm going to put that in there, even if it might have been something that went against my family values, my Christian values, my moral values. And at, at about maybe the 10th book, I made the decision not to do that anymore. So I'm not a person who walks around speaking profanity, and I didn't see a reason to put even three or four words in the book. I never had a lot, but even two, three words, for me, you know, that was too much. That's not to say that, you know, that's a problem for somebody else who includes that, but I just had to really, really go all the way in terms of being true to myself, and and I just think that shows. I think your readers pick up on that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, Kimberly, this is Tony, and once again, thank you for joining us here on this chat tonight. But you have quite a few. You're very welcome. Like we said, you have quite a few books in your portfolio. Um, How has the industry changed, good or bad, since you've gotten into the the field? It has changed a lot. And, um, you know, just going back to when Terry McMillan wrote Mama and Disappearing Act, and of course when Disappearing Acts, but when she wrote Waiting to Excel, her third novel, that's when everything changed for writing, um, you know, fiction that was being written by black authors. And so there was this explosion and almost this, you know, quote-unquote renaissance, if you want to even call it that. And so all of the publishers were looking for their Terry McMillan, and whether it was a male author or a female author, we were all getting book deals. And so it was just a super great time. Over, say, even the last 10 years, I've seen so many authors, and not just authors, but author friends of mine who Mm -hmm. weren't offered contracts after whatever their last book was. And the sales went down um, drastically in many, many cases. And the sales are down across the board for all of us. That's, you know, all authors included. I think, um, number one, e-books. The trend of ebooks mm-hmm. and just how that exploded made um, mm-hmm. a bit of a difference in terms of the sale for print books, both hardcover and for paperback. And then what we find a lot in our industry is that there are readers that will share, oh my gosh, I've read your book, I enjoyed it, and I've shared it with 10 different people. It's not even presentable anymore. And what they don't realize is that if the sales aren't there, the publishers are not going to continue to offer contracts because, after all, it's a business. 
And so right. you know, I just think that I wish that if I had it to do over again, I would band together with a lot of authors so that we could really get the word out to readers to let them know that if the support isn't there, we're going to continue to lose authors across the board. And self-publishing is still out there, but there's just there are so many advantages to having a major house behind you. I'm so glad wow. that you said that because a lot of people fail to understand. I, I think that I really believe you have to know what you know because you know it, not because someone told you or you think it is. I think that a lot of times they come into the industry, they're unsure uh, of mm-hmm. what the process is. They don't know about Amazon. They don't know, well, how much money does Amazon take off top? Okay, what what is a publisher or what does a publisher do? You know, what is a literary agent? What do they do? You know, mm-hmm. what is my editor supposed to do? You know, your editor is not there to write your book. And I think understanding the process is 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 a big problem because we don't talk enough about the business of books. Exactly. So I'm glad that you exactly. brought that up. Now, I do have and a question I, because... I, I mean, it's... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, go I just ahead, wanted honey. to say that it, it's kind of, you know, you're going to find there are some veteran writers out here that have been out here as long as I have and maybe even longer in some cases. And so that's kind of a controversial opinion of mine, I think, because I know the craft of writing is really important, but if you don't know the business of publishing, it's kind of not... I mean, unless you're just writing because you enjoy writing and you don't care about selling copies or getting it out to as many readers as possible, then then it's okay not to know the business. But if you really want to get your book into the hands of, of many as many um, readers as you can, learning everything you can about the business of publishing is crucial. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree. So I'm going to ask if you could drop five jewels on a, a, a author or a aspiring author or even mm-hmm. a publisher – what what would those jewels be? The first thing would be to, you know, don't get into the business of writing or publishing because you think, okay, this is a good way to make money. Know for sure that writing is your passion and that it's your purpose. Um, the other thing is to learn the craft of writing. Read books to learn as much as you can about the craft and the technique of writing but at the same time, make sure you stay focused on your own voice. Um, you know, never mimic another writer. Um, you know, just do what it is you know you're supposed to be doing. Uh, the other thing is to focus on problems and social issues and conflicts. Even though you're writing in a, in a fictional format, if the person is writing a novel, it's still important to write about issues that your readers are going to be able to relate to. Um, I think the fourth thing. Um, that is really important is to find a reputable freelance content editor, copy editor, and proofreader. And that's probably one of the most important of the five that I'm going to say because what we're seeing now is that a lot of new writers are publishing their books and they're hiring just a proofreader. And in some cases, they're not even doing that. And I wasn't quite aware of that until was at a couple of author events, and, and some of us as authors, we were doing a Q&A with the audience. And they were asking us, why are they seeing so many books out there that they've spent their money on, and there's typos on every pages? Or maybe the dialogue, something wasn't spelled right. Or maybe a character's name changed when it was supposed to be some. You know, it's across the board. So content... Mm-hmm. Editing for development, copy editing to double-check your grammar, punctuation, timeline, facts, um, and then proofreading for the final fine-tuning of typos. 
And then the fifth is what we just talked about is learn every single thing you can about the business of publishing, um, how to get your book out there, the marketing, you know, figure out how to you know, get things going on social media. Have a website created that's user-friendly and one that will have an excerpt of your work, that it will have the sign-up box so you can start building your mailing list. And, you know, so it's just so much of that, but the business is just so important. You just said a handful. I'm going to say talk that talk. Yes. That was a whole handful, y'all. I hope y'all had y'all pencils and paper. I hope y'all jotted those down. She really gave y'all the basics. The shell of the M&M, honey. Yes. Now, in your novels, when you write, you write about real issues um, and corruption in the church. Now, this is my thing. Because you are a New York Times bestselling author and you write for the bigger publishing houses, how do they take some of your content? It's never been an issue. And I think, you know, once again with publishing, it's really about the bottom line. If your books are selling and if they know that readers are interested and they're looking for your next book, then they're okay with whatever it is you're writing about. I think it's important to find an editor who really does care about your work and they want to help make it become the best that it can be but for the most part if the book is selling um, publishers aren't usually complaining and that's every genre across the board I wouldn't care if you were talking about fiction if you were talking about women's fiction if you were talking about erotica if you're talking about nonfiction, if it's selling you're not going to probably have too many complaints from them absolutely mm-hmm. I definitely agree and, as a, and when you sell when you are an independent publisher, you know, I always say your publisher is your investor. People think yeah. of a publisher in a different way. No, that's the investor. So really, as a yeah. publisher, you are investing. You're investing not only into your own brand, you're investing into somebody else's brand, you're investing into their craft, into their yeah. work, into them. And so you spend more money than you get in. And so yes. that's true. When you say if it's not coming in, I see why the bigger companies are like, well, I'm not going to, you know, offer you um, an additional book deal because you're not bringing in enough money for that. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, unfortunately that has happened. And, you know, some years ago, um, with, again, you know, some of our veteran authors, the idea of having to go on the road and tour city after city or especially when social media became, you know, came about and it became so popular, I would hear writers say, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to be on Facebook? Why do I have to be on Twitter? And then, of course, there was Instagram. And then you had all the other ones that came out. And, and for me, that made all the difference in the world because finally, with the exception of emailing back and forth, Social media gave me an opportunity to really, really interact and get to know my readers, one reader at a time and one book club at a time. And so it's important for you to communicate with your readers. Your readers really become more like friends. That's what I've always felt like. And so you have an obligation to to be there for them in that manner. Yes. But now you talk Mm -hmm. about corruption in the church, so... Are you yeah. dropping tea? Are you y'all? She's spilling tea, y'all. Sister, Sister Mims in the second pew. She is spilling your tea on page thirty-five. Do you get those phone calls like, um, Sister Roby? I was reading well, your I, book. I, I, <laughs> it's like and, 
Well, you know, I've, I've, of course, at home, I, I get it a little bit more than when I'm on the road in other cities because I've had readers come and they'll lean down while I'm signing a book and say, we know who you're talking about. And I'm thinking, no, you really don't. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, we're not a huge city, so I think everybody's like, oh, it's him and him and him. But, you know, but to tell the truth, I have, I've been in church my entire life from the time I was born. And so I've seen everything across the board and then I've had other uh, family members and friends who attend other churches here locally that have their stories and pastors have been ousted from many of the churches for one reason or another then of course when I after I wrote Casting the First Stone readers could relate to it and then they started talking about the pastors in their own cities so you know it's sad it's sad that Reverend Curtis Black is alive and well in every single city in this country it's really unfortunate Mm-hmm. It really is. Now, Kimberly, I want to just go back just a little bit about the, the state of the industry today. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that um, because of the e-books and how, um, I don't want to say cheap, but how less expensive it is to get them, and sometimes mm-hmm. authors don't actually put the effort in getting those various editing and proofreading done, it kind of mm-hmm. Sours the reader on work. Do you feel that that plays a major part in the state of the industry today? I think that it does. It's definitely um, not the entire reason that things have changed, but it's mm-hmm. certainly playing a part in it. And you know, as I was mentioning, to have readers just ask me, "Why is this happening? You know, why are we getting mm-hmm. such low quality work for the money that we're paying?" And so I think right. we need to correct that. I, I just think that. It's so much better to just go ahead and pay those editors, copy editors, and proofreaders. You know, put out the best that you can put out. Make it as professional as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Tia, I totally she got that hardcore red pen. Her red pen nasty too. <laughs> yeah, she nasty with that red pen. She like that English yeah. teacher Thank that just made you mad. <laughs> I keep a case of red pens around. <laughs> but, um, you know, Leisha and I, we are readers first and foremost here on our show, and we'd rather wait for a good quality book from our favorite author once a year than to get 10 books every other month, you know, yeah, because we, yeah. with that, you know, the quality can't possibly be there because those characters live with you. Yes, You eat, definitely. sleep, and read those characters in order to mm-hmm. bring them to, to readers. And we feel that. We read that. We, you know, we, we can sense that, those true readers. So mm-hmm. that's so important. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Now, here on the show, we like to do something fun. Mm-hmm. And because we know you still tea in your book. <laughs> I don't have to tell you to cut your pearls because I already know the creative juices stay flowing in that mind. It's so anointing. So I'm excited to see what she got for you today. But before we do that, I do want to ask about your publishing company. Do you um, publish other authors now that you have um, just got your career on the ground, or do you just still keep it for yourself? Yeah, I have. Um, you know, when I self-published my very first book, that's the only book that I have actually published under my company. And so then the other, well, actually all 26 books that are out now are published because HarperCollins ended up picking up that book after an independent company had picked it up. And then, of course, now the 27th is my book coming out next week, um, Better Late Than Never. 
but I still own the ebook rights to three of my books because it wasn't in the contract for those all those years ago. And so I just recently, uh, within, well, last month, published, um, self-published Casting the First Stone as an e-book. So for now I am just doing my own books. If I, if I do publish something under my company, it will likely be something of my own. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, uh, Kimla, just so you know, thank you so much for sharing and giving Alicia and I those two advanced copies. We are yes. so excited and so appreciative. So thank you. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I hope you ladies enjoy them. And and, and we're uh, both like, bougie. And so when I picked it up, first of all, we are book yes, bougie, we are. and we love eye candy. I love a hard copy book. Like, I go to Sam's Club and Costco, uh-huh. and I love to go look at the books because I, I do format formatting in the interior. So I like to see how the bigger companies format the books, but I just love, like, the way the paper looks. So when we got mm-hmm. the hard copy book, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is nice. Oh, <laughs> and so that's I good. opened it up. And I look on the first page, and this is what I love about, first of all, the size of the book. Thank you for not mm-hmm. giving us pamphlets. We appreciate you as readers for that. But mm-hmm. I want to thank you for catching me on page one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's very kind of you. Thank you for that. That's so important. Because I'm in New York, and she's in Atlanta. She uh-huh. said, T, she sent us hard copy books. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm I so like, I glad that you have <laughs> Yeah, so this is good. I mean, I'm I'm glad that you all contacted us and I was able to do the interview this close to the actual release of the book because otherwise you would have gotten galleys. So I'm I'm just <laughs> glad it worked out this way. So well, well, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. So for your fun question, I'm not sure how much you heard of our last interview. We love how creative juices flow, and as Lisa said, I'm going to give you two props. And we want you to insert them with with, with Reverend Black. Mm-hmm. Your props tonight are a tiara and some red MAC lipstick. Okay. If you can give us a live excerpt using those two props. Wow. Now that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure I heard anything. I can see her face right now like, Take any two any two characters from it and and just get them to some naturalistic and some a tiara. Wow! I, I want to throw another prop in there. I'm gonna throw okay. some handcuffs okay. in there. Oh, oh no 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 <laughs> no! She was like, oh no. as I will say, a tiara and the red MAC lipstick and the handcuffs, the old Curtis, that would be mild, making mild compared to what he would be, you know, uh-huh. doing or or messing around behind his wife's back with another woman. That would be mild, you know, whatever you can think of, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. She's like, y'all is not about to get me out here like this. Okay, so I have one for you. Um, mm-hmm. 
if you could write, you are writing an anthology, and you can have okay. four authors in that anthology, dead or alive. Who would it be and why? I'm just going to have to think of the writers that I just really love because I've always said I probably will never do an anthology or a collaboration. I've always said that pretty much. So, But certainly Terry McMillan, um, definitely Connie Briscoe, who is, um, unfortunately she's passed away, but she is the author of my all-time favorite book, Your Blues Ain't Like Mine. Um, Tri Tickman, who is a, a great writer, uh, my book club has read every single book that she's written, um, and then Eric Jerome Dickey. Mm-hmm. Nice ending yeah. to that. that hey, you mentioned the book club. What's the name of your book club? It's called the OT Book Club, which stands for Our Time. So oh, if you ask my members, yeah. they say it's our time away from husbands and children. So. All right now. We yeah. need that. <laughs> Yeah, our once a month. Definitely need that. Yes. And is that an online uh, book club or in person? No, it's in person. And actually, we've been together since 1999. So uh, we're celebrating our 20 years next year. And actually, in the process of, we always take a girls' trip, but we are planning our biggest one, which will be to Martha's Vineyard next year. So Mm -hmm. we're excited. Yeah, but we've been together. Started out with twelve, and then a couple people relocated, and so I think we still we still have eight, though today of, mm-hmm. of the original. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm now, hoping yeah, you I'm make always... your way to New York so I can come come visit you for a book signing. So I'll keep checking your page for your location. I got her yes, schedule. Please do. Her schedule. I have to get in there. In a I've while. been sharing it. Yeah, okay. I've shared so it, but New York no, is not on it. Who's in Atlanta and who's in New York? I'm in Atlanta. Tony. I'm Leisha. Okay. And okay. I'm and Tony, I'm in New York. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I hope to get back there. I haven't been there in a while, but partly the reason that I they've not scheduled anything and we don't is because whenever I do come to New York, the turnout is very very low compared to all of the really? other cities that I go to. Yeah, that in LA, unless I'm doing mm-hmm. an actual event um, in LA with a church or you know, it's some sort of luncheon or something, then, you know, that's usually fine. But in New York and L.A., at just a general bookstore, if there are 20 people, I mean, you're being lucky. And what I attribute it to is that New York and L.A., there is a lot going on at all times. So I don't know Mm -hmm. that everybody's necessarily. Yeah, yeah. So I'll get the book, but, you know, am I actually going to take the time to go out to an evening signing, especially if it ends up being a weekday? You know, not so mm-hmm. much, you know, unless you are maybe mm-hmm. Terry McMillan, Walter Mosley, Tony Morrison, somebody like that. But mm-hmm. Well, you have to add your name to that, absolutely. Yeah. I'm in Long Island, but I will travel for, I mean, I'm assuming that those events were being held in Manhattan. They were, they were. Now, okay. I will say this, though. I did something, I think, in Newark, and I also know when I did something in Union, those were very well attended. So I will say that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's New Jersey. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. well, I've traveled to New Jersey to support authors. It's about a two and a half hour drive, but if I know you're coming, I would be there. I will make okay. time to be there. <laughs> Got to make that happen. We do mm-hmm. absolutely. Now, I want to know: Is um, Reverend Curtis going to be a movie? We gonna are we gonna see him on the big big screen, Netflix, 
um, stars. We're going to see him on Amazon somewhere. Is he going to be a movie? Yeah, well, we're hoping for it. And I, I, I haven't officially announced it, but it, it's in the works. It was actually announced um, this week in Publishers Marketplace, and it will be in Variety um, probably by tomorrow, and if not by tomorrow, um, on Monday. But the rights have been optioned to a producer, and she is currently trying to attach an actor um, for the Curtis character as well as a showrunner. So we will see. You know, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, and, and her oh, goal hey. is um, not for a movie but actually for a TV series, yes. Ooh, that's mm. going to be good. Stay tuned. Like a green mm-hmm. leaf. Yeah, so, yeah, we're hoping, hoping. Well, we're going to congratulate yeah, you in advance because, you know, you, we believe That's you got to right. speak that thing out. you got to put that thing yes. on out there. So we're yes. going to speak yes. that thing for you. Yes, thank you, thank you. And it's, it's like 15 books over 18 years because the first book came out in 2000, the first book in the series. And so it's been a long journey, long journey. Mm. A great journey. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. Well, we do want to thank Very you for welcome. coming to take time out. I know that you are busy, but you took time to come and kick it with us here in the chat room, and we so appreciate you for that. We want you to shout out all of your social media as well as any events you have coming up um, okay. and where everybody can get your book. Okay. Well, my website is kimroby.com, uh, facebook.com slash Roby. Twitter slash Kimberla L. Roby, and then Instagram um, is Kimberla Lawson Roby. And my books are available wherever books are sold. So you can visit um, any of your favorite independent bookstores. Many of them have websites online. And, of course, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, and the list just sort of goes on. Can they also get them at your website? Uh, yes, the buy links are there. Okay. And I'm also now actually just for the new book for a little while I'm offering for people, um, my readers who I'm not going to their cities, I've offered them an opportunity to um, contact me through the website and they can pay. And I once I'm back from my tour, I'm actually going to sign books and mail them. And so I can give them the instructions on how to make payment and they would have those in August. I saw that. That's a great thing, too. (laughs) Well, we so appreciate you. We thank you for our books. We will be posting reviews once we have completed them. But we love, 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 love uh, books here on Last Chat, and we always are big on word of mouth. Readers are how word of mouth is created. And so every time I get a chance, I'm always posting your book. I'm posting your um, events. And we mm-hmm. appreciate mm-hmm. you for allowing us to just um, just have a piece of you um, during your mm-hmm. literary mm-hmm. journey. Oh, mm-hmm. you ladies are very, very kind. I appreciate the support and you know, and this all that you're doing, and just the fact that you have your show and you love books. I mean, we just need so much more of that. So I am just grateful um, for all that mm-hmm. you're bringing to the table. Thank you so much. We received that. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you enjoy the rest of your evening, and you're welcome okay. back at any time. All right. Thank you so much, ladies. You take care now. You okay, too. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 Oh, Lisa, that was awesome. It. I'm sitting here with that my was? book right now. 
child. Wait, I got my book too. My book is right here. I made sure I put it right in front of me. <laughs> it is right now, here. She was dropping jewels. Wasn't she dropping jewels, T? Child, she was, she was I wrote them jewels. all. You know, I wrote them down, right? <laughs> yes, she was dropping jewels, and I'm. You see how she talked about the technique of writing. Um, and yesterday mm-hmm. we were talking on a show, and I said I want to do a show about the technique of writing. Um, and yep. I, because it's I wrote very that important. down too, so as a reminder that we've got to put that in the work. I wrote absolutely. that down. Absolutely. Show on writing style. <laughs> yep, absolutely. We talked about that last night on the show, and here it is. So it's been put out into the universe for us to be able to do that. Now we have our next fabulous guest. Um, India T. Northley, and you know where I was saying that I met her mm-hmm. before um, the uh-huh. event that we were invited to in Detroit uh, last May. Was it last May? Um, it may have been the May before that. I remember. Was it the May before that? Time go by so fast, Leach. <laughs> yes, that's where I remember her from. I kept saying, I remember her from one other place. That's where I remember her from because we were there at that event. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) India, I am so happy to have you finally on Let's Chat. This is Tony. (laughs) Thank you. It's, It's truly an honor to be on your show, ladies. Truly an honor. Now, for everybody um, that is not familiar with your fabulous pen, tell everybody a little bit about your literary journey and your work. Okay. Um, well, I first started writing, I think, going on five years now, five years now. Um, I write, I started out kind of trying to lean, lean more to a romance, but I guess now I'm an erotic romance writer if it, if I needed, like, a genre or a classification. Um I love, love, love what I do, um, and I mean, it's just—I don't know—it's just an awesome feeling. I've—I've—I've I've, I've always wanted to be a writer. I've been—I've been—I started writing poetry when I was about fifteen, sixteen, and um, um, I just knew—I never knew that you know, just writing poetry would turn into my passion of wanting to write books. But I've also been a big, big reader. I started out reading very young too. I mean really early, like 11 and 12, with, like, Babysitter Club books and Goosebumps and things like that. So, and then as I got older, I, um, I you know, branched off to different, you know, authors, you know, some of my favorites and people whose work I just fell in love with as I got older. And so one day I told myself I wonder if I could just sit down. I, I had such a big passion for it, and I would write stories, short stories and poetry all the time. And I said, I wonder if I could actually sit down and write a book. And I was like, I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I would really, really love to see if I could do that because I just, you know, just the passion had grew over so many years. And one day I sat down. I was very fearful because I didn't know what to expect or anything. But one day I just sat down and decided to write a book. And it turned out, you know, to be like it's just my passion was just there. And then I just really fell in love with writing, and I've been writing ever since. Wow, it doesn't seem like it's been five years. It seems like it's been so much longer. Time just goes by. Yeah, it feels like it sometimes. I mean, from my first book to now, just the journey, the ups and downs. Um, it just it it just seemed like everything just uh just flew by. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, Alicia, now you know we, and I'm not sure how much you heard of 
the show so far, but, you know, we are book bougie, and sometimes we don't always, since we've been doing the show, Leisha's doing the publishing, and I'm into to my editing, we don't have a lot of time to, to read leisurely like we used to, but I had a okay. free weekend one time, and um, I don't know, I just picked up one of your books off my um, iPad, and I spent the whole weekend just reading nothing but you. And I was like, oh, my God, I enjoyed that. And and I think I hit you up in your box. I can't remember if I did. It's very rare I hit up an author in their box. <laughs> you have to really be into that book. Lisa, <laughs> no, I don't randomly just go into an author's inbox. Really? I don't remember. But I'm just I'm just shocked and honored either way because I just feel like I'm still such a small fry out here and you know, in the big world and I feel like I still have so much to learn. Yeah. So just, just I, I checked to see what I didn't have. I checked uh-huh. to see what I didn't have and I just went on over there and just one click because we love one clicking. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Alicia, I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, but girl, I don't know where you see the romance in your post. Your post be <laughs> on point. Every day I, I got to go over there and see what you posted. <laughs> I started out thinking that I would do the like whole romance thing because I, uh, I had a time where I was just a big on romance, and I still am. I still have like my favorite authors. I would read, um, I had got a hold of a. Um, the Harlequin, the African-American line. Um, and um, I read one of those books, and then I was picking them up every five minutes, and I was reading them in a day. And I had uh-huh. fell in love with them completely, but while they were good, they were still lacking a lot of the erotic scenes that I wanted in them. So, uh-huh. I mean, I still loved them, but then I started reading erotica, and then I don't know how I got a hold of Zane book one time. And... <laughs> And Eric Jerome Dickey books for the time, and I just uh, then I was like, oh okay, well let me go over here. <laughs> but I still you know what? <laughs> let me tell you something. I just I just he told me to go to your Instagram. See, I'm on your Facebook. I'm on the conservative page. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm on the conservative girl. page. Check I have to go on the Instagram out. where it be popping on Instagram. But I'm gonna say this popping <laughs> because this is girls talk now. I feel that. Men, y'all need to know when your woman is tripping over some something, or when she just tripping because she needs to get she need to get a little a little hook up, a little good good. You need to know right. the difference when she's tripping. You need to know when she's tripping. What is this trip about? It, it, okay, exactly. what does she need? Cause I'm like, this. Mm-hmm. sometimes you gotta be like. Okay, go on. go in here, and we're going to do the, uh-huh, you could be mad after. Because, see, if you're really mad about an issue after, then I know it's real. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but let me, get off, look, let me get off this Facebook page. That's her conservative page, y'all. Uh-huh, that's her conservative page. Y'all better go get on her Instagram. That's where the party at. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, lately, Facebook have I've been in so much trouble on Facebook. So with the release of my book last month and with the re- release of it coming up, um, my new release, um, Tongue Me Down, with the release of it, I couldn't – I didn't want to keep getting kicked off when I needed to promote it, but Instagram let me get away with a little more. So I try mm-hmm. to push the envelope with them, but they still take some of my stuff down too, but nowhere near as much as Facebook do. So I'm like, forget this. <laughs> 
Now wow, they can be taking nothing now because I've seen babies before on Instagram. I done seen some stuff on Instagram. They be having the uh-huh. strippers be having look dance sessions. I mean, so they can, they yeah. Instagram need to get it together. And I don't know For how real. true it is. But I was told that Instagram, Facebook, uh, owns Instagram or something like mm-hmm. that. I don't know yeah, how true mm-hmm. it is, but I was told that's what happened. And so Snapchat. I don't know why. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know why they let me get away more on there than the other page. And like I said, they have taken some of my stuff down. But with me writing erotica, I like to find ways to grab the reader's attention and stuff like that. So, or grab whoever's attention. Maybe they don't read, but might maybe this picture I just posted might make you read. I don't know. So, I like to have. The, <laughs> I like to have. Honey. That, you know, I, <laughs> that's what a party at, y'all. Her Instagram page. I'm over there now. I'm like, oh, this is the party. This party central yeah, every day. <laughs> every day I'm on her page. And I just want to say I have two scripts on my desk that I'm working on. So I have I have your new book, but I okay. haven't been able to, to start it yet because I just okay. finished one script and I have two more. But, uh, you know, as soon as I get a break, I'm going to okay. read part one, and hopefully part two won't be far behind. Yes, it's actually – I'll actually be done with it this weekend. I had took a break after um, – March, I think, was my last book, and I had so many issues with it. Um, I I guess I, I, I'm I thankful that I have friends, you know, really close to me that, you know, don't want me to get up, give up and encourage me. But when you go through so much in this industry, and just like Kimberly was talking about when she was um, when she was on the show, when she was just on your show a little while ago, about so mm-hmm. many different things that you needed to keep in touch with and do as an author or whatever. So sometimes it gets to be overwhelmed, especially when you're, you know, you're still, I still feel like I, even though I've been doing it for five years, I still feel like I'm still have so much to learn. And I get frustrated mm-hmm. when, you know, you put in all your hard work and work so hard for something and because of an overlook or, or, or something small or something minor, like it just all goes wrong, you know? So, and then it's too late to correct it. And then when you correct it, you know, it's not as big as, you know, your, you know, when you fix a problem, nobody really cares, but when it's messed up, it's like everybody has something to say. So it was real discouraging. And I was like, I'm not going to, I'm just going to not write for a while, but I'm so passionate about it. I couldn't not write. So I just waited a while and took my time and decided to do some, you know, different things and kind of figure out where I wanted to go with my next book. And then this was the product of, of the next book, the uh, the book, my newest book, Tongue Me Down. And my second and part two will actually be done this weekend. Well, we, 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 she dropped some major jewels, Kimberla did. Yes. And um, she absolutely did. She, she did. Alicia and I, you know, she, I don't know if you heard, we book bougie, so Titles and book covers grab our attention yes. first and foremost. Absolutely, I, I definitely agree. And she was actually one of the one of the when I when I did start reading when I got into um, when I found out there was so many of us, so many talented. I mean, not me as you know an author, but just so many talented African Americans that that were that could write and just tell stories. Because I have like I have a ton of her books too, and I mean mm-hmm. I I. I was all in the books, like to the point where I, it's the birds chirping the next morning. And I just got off at like two, and it's like six, and I still got the book in my hands. So, mm-hmm. but I've been so many of my authors, you know, favorite authors like that before I decided to, you know, decided to, you know, follow my heart and write in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Absolutely. And so, how do you think that your pen has grown in the five years you've been writing? 
Um, I see a lot of um, there, there is definitely a lot of growth. Um, just the way like I handle certain situations. Um, kind of like with the characters, different things they go through, uh, different professions, how they grow throughout the book. Um, um, I just, I don't know, I just, it's not like one thing that I can pinpoint, but I've seen like so many different things just watching myself from from the beginning to now, uh, the, the type of story I tell, you know, I've had more experience, you know, you know, the longer you live, you know, you, you learn a little bit more about this. You learn a bit more about that, about what your reader's like. I always like to stay true to myself and uh, write what I like. And then if you as the reader prefer what I write, then, I, you know what I'm saying, I want to make sure that I grab your attention and give you a great story. So in the beginning where I was just trying to figure myself out, um, I kind of, you know, started pinpointing you know how I wanted to tell the story, where I wanted to tell, where I wanted it to start, how I wanted it to end, what I wanted this character to go through, the emotional, um, the emotional growth of of a certain character. So it's been so much. It's been so much in this in this um, time. Mm. That's so important, though, um, and also. Um, you, you you're always growing in this industry, no matter how long you've been. And Kimberla has been in the business for over twenty years, and she's still, you know, sharing and learning and growing. So it's always Absolutely. a learning process, day by day. Absolutely, I definitely agree. Now, when you sit down to write a book, what are some of the quirky things um, that you need to do? What are some of the things that you need around you? How does the atmosphere have to be set? Um, <laughs> well, I, uh, first of all, I'm a night. I love to write at night. I still can, I can write in the daytime, you know, depending on where I'm at, um, like hair appointments and things like that. But I prefer to write like late at night, start around, you know, but sometimes somewhere between like 11 and one. Um, I have children. I have two children, a boy and a girl. Um, and I have to wait till they go to sleep anyway, cause they don't let me get nothing done. So I have to wait on them to go to sleep, wait till my husband is out my hair, and then, you know, I can kind of focus when the house is when the house is quiet. I like I like the, you know, like the night sounds, you know, just from the night, the peace and quiet, and, you know, you hearing like, you know, crickets or whatever, you know, just, just that soothing sound at night, you know, for the wind to be blowing in the summertime, like, a, you know, the soft breeze. I love to listen to 90s slow dams, like I'm a big 90s slow dams fan. So I have like mm-hmm. a whole collection that I will keep on on repeat or rotation that I'll listen to while I'm writing, you know. And then I mm-hmm. have to have a cup of coffee or a cup of um or a glass of wine, preferably the coffee because the wine sometimes put me to sleep. But <laughs> I like to have that with me and <laughs> maybe a couple of snacks or something. And then I could just you know I could just go on and write for hours, you know, as long as I'm comfortable and the. The temperature is just right at home and stuff like that. I only need about one light on and, it, you know, like one of those dimmer lights or whatever to where I can control how bright I want it to be. So, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much that's it. Mm-hmm. And I can also write Lisa, a lot of water, too. Uh, like a, Lisa, I a, love to a, hear those uh-huh. those different things that, that the authors, like Quan was on a little while ago, and he said he has uh-huh. to be sitting in front of a big window you know, and just be able to just look out and about. So we always love hearing how authors put their work together. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I like it. I can just see that. Like what you just said, he said about the picture window. I can just see that because Mm -hmm. I don't know, just, you know, from just from a writer perspective, I can just imagine that window now that, you know what I'm saying, depending on where, where you are or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's so much, you know, that you can get from that view, you Mm -hmm. know, some more than others, but it's so much you can get from that view. But yeah. Yeah. And your mind just like can give you out there just, Conjuring up something to put in onto oh, your yeah. paper. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Now I read the last one I read from you was seduced. I think it was seducing the general. Was was that seduced the one before? General. Before that, where was the inspiration from that? Because that that was a hot book. I read that maybe oh. in like one one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> that that was actually I'm surprised that you said that because that's the one that I was having the problems with and I got so discouraged really? yeah, and I didn't know a lot of people like that a few people said they enjoyed it but it was nowhere near to what I was expecting because I thought it was great but like I said I had a whole lot of trouble with it or whatever but um but um I I don't know I I don't know where the inspiration came from in the beginning in the beginning it started out as a, as a short story a few years after I, um, a few years after I started writing. Um, but mm-hmm. because before I decided to publish anything, I was just writing free short stories on, I had a blog at the time and people were telling me they was good and I should publish them. And I wasn't paying anybody any attention, you know, in the beginning. So when I did finally publish, I just did it as a short story, um, just a couple of pages and just to see what I would get, you know, for charging for it, just to see if it was, you know, worth it, you know, to uh, to readers, would they actually want to pay for, you know, to read something like this. So mm-hmm. um, I had, at that time, I got a lot of good feedback. So I decided to take it down and make it into, you know, to, to make a full story and just in case, I mean, and except for, you know, because at the time it was just a few pages. So I decided to make it into a full story, but during the time that I decided to make it into a full story, um, I had a a friend, one of my best friends, her husband was killed, Mm -hmm. and for the male character um, that was going through all of the pain and stuff uh, that he suffered in the book, I Mm -hmm. drew, um, I drew from that energy of that loss in my life. So I used I used the energy from him not being any there, you know, for my friend not being there for his children anymore because he was killed, and because mm-hmm. the guy in the book was also killed and he was real close to him, I was able to draw on that energy to, you know, kind of bring that character to life. So mm-hmm. it was like it brought it to life so much because I could draw on the pain and you know like express exactly how I felt like this person would feel because this was how I was feeling dealing with it, you know. And then, you know, for my female character, I had to, I had to, sometimes, like, when you go through a breakup and it's not something, you know, it's, it's not, it's not anything bad, because sometimes people, or what somebody would perceive as bad or whatever, but sometimes just because it doesn't, it's not what society say, oh, that's messed up, don't mean it hurt any less. So, Mm -hmm. with the female character, when she was getting left, she just, it's just how she had to deal with that. Like she was really, really hurt, you know, dealing with, um, she kind of felt like he did, you know, dealing with this loss because she all of a sudden had this loss too. And then she had to deal with like the fact that she still loved him, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, then him coming back thinking that everything would, you know, pick up the way everything started before he left. And it's like life just don't work that way. 
you know. Right. So, and then, mm-hmm. you know, she had to find ways to deal with her pain because she wasn't, you know, she went through a lot and she wasn't um, accepting of him just to just to come back in her life after the way he talked, the way he left and stuff like that, you know. So mm-hmm. it was just, like, so much um, – the inspiration from that book came from like so many different places also it wasn't just like one particular place but like I said from the beginning I just started I was like well let me just write it and see how it goes mm-hmm. well it was very relatable and it you know it kind of touched on one of the jewels that Kimberla dropped on us earlier which was focused on the problem with social that deals with you know socially today and I think right. there are people out there that that feel that way and deal with those issues so um, I also want to ask you, are most of your stories, and in particularly that one, plot-driven or character-driven? Um, they're both. That one in particular is more character-driven, but the mm-hmm. um, but the, all of my books, like, they're mixed. You know, sometimes it's the character and sometimes it's the plot. Some, You know, sometimes it's the character, sometimes it's the plot, but that one is more character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. That's general. Yes. <laughs> so it's so many, so many things that you have going on with everything that you do. What are some other genres you might want to take uh, your hand in? Um, I actually, because I have two children and I don't want them to read what mommy writes right now, I would like to um, do a teen romance line. Mm-hmm. Um, one day I would like to start a performance line. That's something that's like really near to me because my daughter she's she'll be ten next month. So I would you know, she's kinda more she gets more curious every year about what mommy writes and she you know, she loves to help me and things like that. And it's just certain things that I don't want her to know about right now. So um I thought that that would be a good idea. And I remember in an interview one of my favorite authors um is um Beverly Jenkins. I'm a big Beverly Jenkins fan. And she mm-hmm. has, she told, she told in an interview that she had, I, I don't know if it was two daughters or three, I think it was two, and she said they wanted to read her books too when they started getting of age. So she wrote books for them at that time, teen, you know, teen books for them at that time, so they wouldn't, you know, want to, so they would have something to read their age. So I thought that was, you know, a really good idea, and I thought that that was really unique, you know, to do that for her, you know, for her children. So I decided mm-hmm. that I wanted to same thing I wanted to write a line a teen line so when my daughter was ready you know for that and just deal with those issues that teenagers go through in high school and you know transitioning into high school and stuff like that and then dealing with romance and love or what they think is love at the time Mm. so that's something that I definitely want to do in the future I'm here Mm. for it okay so, yeah, because we don't want them picking the mommy book. Mm-mm. And we don't want y'all yeah. on her Instagram either. Y'all can have her Facebook page, the conservative spot. Y'all can be over there with us conservative folk. I don't want to If I catch y'all on Instagram, I'm going to tell it. <laughs> I Instagram just be getting me in trouble. And I, I say it when I say it on Facebook. Everybody be like, what's your Instagram? So I tell them. And then they tell me I'm bad. I'm like, I know, I know. I still I right love it. I got to get you. Well, you know, I'm excited because, you know, T.O., we got the fun session for our show. It's fun time, and I know it's about to go down. I'm ready. I'm ready. I know it's going down. I'm ready. 
Well, India, thank you so much for joining Lisa and I. We had such a great time, and, and just carving out some, your your precious time for us to share here on Let's Chat. So we thank you for that. Now, I'm not sure you probably heard a little bit of uh, our running commentary. We love hearing our guests create the juices flow instantaneous, and we love okay. doing that with a live excerpt. And, girl, your props tonight, and you can pick any character or <laughs> – She's already laughing. <laughs> she you could pick any character. Been thinking about this for about four days. She like, ooh, India about to be okay. Yeah, uh huh. She probably got some special props for you. <laughs> I had, I, girl, I was ready for her last night's show. I was like, oh man. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so your props tonight, uh, India, is gonna be. A blindfold, taser, and I'm going to throw in that ice cube. Okay. So Any characters. Okay, so any characters. So y'all just, y'all want me to like, y'all want me to like do it. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you want to do it? A lot, a lot, say it again, a live what? A live excerpt. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. Be ready. <laughs> um, so you say I can use any character, or I'm I'm coming up with new character. It's your choice. You can use any character, or you can create one just for us here on Let's Chat. <laughs> oh no! Okay, okay. So you said you said the ice cube, the mm-hmm. blindfold, and what mm-hmm. else? A taser. Yes. Okay. Um. Hmm. Okay. Uh. <laughs> uh. I think. Okay. Um. Okay. Mona walked into the room. She walked into her bedroom, excited about the night ahead. Um, the guy she had been seeing off and on was coming over tonight, and he told her to be ready for to get ready for a wild night that he had a lot of stuff planned. When she um, when she um, walked into the bedroom and she got dressed, when she got undressed, and decided to put on a little bit of lingerie, um. She decided that she herself would grab the blindfold just as the doorbell rang, uh, just as the doorbell rang. So she went to open the door, and Terrence walked in. She was in a pink nightie. Um, Terrence looked at her, and he was like, so you ready for tonight? And she was like, do I look ready for tonight? And he was like, go in the room right now. I'll be in there in a minute. So she goes into the room, and she sits down on the bed. She decides to blindfold herself um, while she waits for him to come into the room. Uh, so a few minutes later, he comes into the room, and he asks her, are you ready for me? And she, and, and she said yes. She says yes. Mona says yes, and he says lay down. 
And uh, so she lays down, and he was like, I like that you have the blindfold on. And she was like, thank you. I thought it would add a little bit more excitement to our night. And she said, ask him, what are you planning to do to me? And he was like, you will see. So as he laid her, as she laid down, he told her to scoot up to the head of the bed. He tied her arms, and he t- he tied her arms to the bed, and he tied her legs to the to the foot of the bed, to the uh, headboard. Um, let me see. Then he eased on top of her, got on top of her. She felt something cold going on her. He told her to just lay still. And she felt something cool going up her leg, which was the ice cube. And he was like, just relax. Take a, you know, just relax. You know, we're going to be here all night. We're going to have a good time. So she said, okay. And she's shivering from the cold. And um, then (laughs) uh, so he runs the ice cube all up and down her body and uh and then he tells her he forgot something, he'll be right back. So he runs out the room and she wondering what the heck he forget she want him to come off. So he come back in the room a few minutes later and uh he was like, Are you ready? And she said, Yeah. So um, he gets back on top of her And he starts kissing her And she started kissing him And they start getting into just kissing And feeling and touching on each other And then the next thing she knows He tased her Oh And was oh. like uh, <laughs> <laughs> Like ooh <laughs>
Okay. Um, I am on uh, Facebook as uh, author India T. Norfleet. I also have a website, www.indiatnorfleet.com. I'm on Instagram as The Naughty Novelist, and I'm on Twitter as um, Drowning in Pleasure. Um, You can buy any of my books on Amazon, or you can contact me directly for autographed paperbacks. Uh, My next my latest release is called Tongue, Tongue Me Down. My next release is called Tongue Me Down 2. And actually this weekend, um, if you're local in the um, Detroit area, you can come out and meet me. I'll be at the Motor City Liter- Literacy Fair in Highdale Mini Park in Detroit from 12 to 5. Mm-hmm. Make sure you go check her out and uh, definitely get on that Instagram page. <laughs> Yes, please follow me, and I'll follow back. (laughs) Definitely. Well, we thank you so much once again for joining us, India. We so appreciate you. And like Lisa said, you are welcome back here anytime. Thank you so much, ladies, for having me. I had a ball. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Enjoy your evening. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Lisa, you had a great show tonight, girl. Yes, this is a great show. We thank everybody that tunes in tonight. We appreciate everybody that tunes in every night to us here on Let's Chat. We have had a good time. We have had a very good time. We have some jewels that were dropped. If you're watching or listening to the replay, welcome, 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 welcome to Let's Chat. Always feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram page. Uh, If you want to become a guest on our show, just send a request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. If you have a guest that you are an author or a a musician um, that you want to see on our show, just send a request to the chat radio show at gmail.com, and I'll see what I can do. We thank y'all. We appreciate y'all. And we will see y'all on uh, next week. Now, I just want to say this. Next week is um, the first. And, child, October is on lock uh, here on Let's Chat. And we have some things going down. And so next <laughs> or next uh, next Thursday and Friday we have two shows Friday is going to be a literary show. Make sure y'all have pencils and papers because we got Robin Divinish and it's going down. We talking book talk for real, for real. So make sure y'all have your pencils, pens, papers, whatever you need. Tuesday, I'm sorry, Thursday is going to be our um, Mind, Body, and Soul, and it's going to be a show surrounded about health, healthy mind, healthy body, healthy soul, and a healthy sex life. Yes, we are talking about it on Let's Chat on (laughs) next week. We will see y'all then, and we're going to come, we're going to leave y'all tonight with a little bit of that uh, winded up by Xavier Lewis. Make sure y'all go on to www.AtlantaHottest.com and vote for him, uh, R&B singer, of 2018 and we will see y'all next week good night everybody baby show me how you sexy whining yeah yeah baby show me how you sexy whining ooh yeah yeah baby show me how
Bring that thing here 